Robots vs. Dinosaurs is a proud member of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. Check out Apocalypse Podcast Network for more great podcasts. The following podcast is brought to you by Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Disclaimer, this podcast is about to spoil several movies from 6 to 20 years old. Lou, read off the list. Today, Robots vs. Dinosaurs will be spoiling for you, the listener, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., The Runaways, That 70s Show, 30 Rock, Game of Thrones, Spider-Man, Black Widow, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Thor, Ragnarok, Captain America, Civil War, The Avengers, Age of Ultron, Evil Dead, Terminator 3, Looper, The Wizard of Oz, and Blade Runner. Hello and welcome to Robots vs. Dinosaurs, the podcast where we watch a movie or a TV show every week and then try to determine which one is cooler, robots, dinosaurs, vision, or vision. Both. I'm your host, Louis G, and with me as always is my co-host, a new co-host every week, unless I'm covering WandaVision, in which case I have a returning co-host every week, uh, the same co-host every week, Ryan T. Lawler. Welcome back to the show, Ryan. Hello. I am happy to be back. Big old finale, baby. Happy to have you back for the big old finale. So, Ryan, tell tell the audience, what, um, what are we talking about? What, what finale are we talking about today on Robots today, and Dinosaurs? Today, we got WandaVision, Episode 9, the series finale. That's right. The series finale of WandaVision. We have been doing weekly coverage of this show, and we've, been, we've both been loving it. Uh, mm-hmm. Right off the bat, before we get into it, like, what, what did you did you like or hate the ending? I really loved. I liked the ending a lot. I loved it actually. Me um, too. It was it was perfect for the story that they developed through this show, but it gave little hints toward the future. But they didn't bog down any of it with uh, uh, you know stories from anybody else. It was really Wanda's envision story, and they stuck to that. I wanted to sort of get that out out of the way right away because I feel like if you're listening to this and you watched the finale, if you enjoyed it, if you're like me, you don't want to listen to people tearing it apart and you know saying yeah. saying how terrible it was. So just just letting you know that's not what we're gonna do because uh, we both loved it. So if you <laughs> if you also if you hated it and you don't want to hear two people gushing over how great it was, <laughs> maybe maybe this is a warning for you. <laughs> uh, yes. So I'm just letting you know we are going to be talking about all the great things that happened in this episode. I have like one or two little bugaboos, but I, I don't even know yes. if I'm going to focus on them because they they weren't distracting in any way. Yeah. All right. So yes, this is. Uh, this episode was robots versus dinosaurs. It was good witches versus bad witches, vision versus vision, uh, untrained children with superpowers versus a clandestine branch of the military. It was everything. <laughs> there were so many people coming together. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick synopsis of the episode, and then we're going to drill into some of the specifics. How's that sound? Sounds beautiful. Uh, once again, this this episode was directed and written by Matt Shackman, Jack Schaefer, the Shack and Schaefer team that started off the show. Uh, Matt Shackman, of course, the Game of Thrones and and other hit prestige television director. Yeah. Jack Schaefer is uh, involved in the new Black Widow movie coming out this year, so yeah. that's very very exciting. Uh, so. This episode, we open on Wanda in her signature red hoodie, her eyes staring intently towards the camera. I note this because the post the post post credits end scene ends on a similar image, uh, marking Wanda's transformation. Agatha has the kids by their necks. Wanda is ordering her to let her go, let them go. They fight. Agatha reveals she can absorb Wanda's blasts. Wanda throws a car at Agatha with her mummy hand. 
and then a rebuilt, reformatted gray vision shows up, tries to crush Wanda's skull. Wanda's vision appears, and they fight. Uh, Monica is next door watching the fight from the window of Ralph Boner's room while he's holding her prisoner because he is under Agatha's control, and he is not Peter Maximoff, unless he is, which we're going to get into. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Woo is in handcuffs and asks some questions. Oh, asks uh, Hayward some questions, which Hayward is glad he asks because he wanted to take this time to talk about his evil plan. Hayward and his (laughs) team establish that they are in control of Grey Vision, and the goal is to eliminate Wanda Maximoff and use the illegally resurrected Vision as the patsy. Jimmy Woo steals Hayward's phone without anyone noticing, somehow, and calls a buddy at Quantico. Smash cut. It's a normal day in Westview. Birds are chirping. Townspeople are townspeopling. And two powerful witches are blasting each other with glowing energy. And the townspeople are just literally walking around nonchalantly while this is happening. Agatha takes this time to talk about her evil plan and reveals the prophecy of the Scarlet Witch foretold in the Darkhold, a.k.a. the Book of the Dam, a.k.a. the thing that once gave an AI a human body on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I should have said... Big spoilers for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. (laughs) Agatha reveals to Wanda once and for all that she is controlling the minds of the residents of Westview. When I say she, I'm not even sure at this point if I mean Agatha or Wanda. Wanda finally accepts that that she... Uh, is is controlling the minds of the residents of Westview, lifts the curtain so they can make their escape, and that also lets Hayward and his team inside. Vision and the kids start to get tetris by the reality curtain opening up, and Wanda can't stand watching them turn into Tetris pieces, so she eventually closes it back up. Then the Super Maximoffs pose while an adaptation of the Avengers-themed trumpets behind them. They split up to even out the fight, with Wanda fighting Agatha, Vision fighting Grey Vision, and once again, the untrained, superpowered children taking on an armed secret military force. You guys take on the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the FBI, though. Like, the the yeah. the clandestine, hush-hush branch of the military that does not exist, so they will kill you and, like, bury it under a building. Uh, Vision and Vision debate with their fists, but then with their minds. And I mean that literally and philosophically. Put a pin in that because we are going to break down that scene way too much. Wanda does a disappearing act and traps Agatha in an illusion. Lots of sorcery, magic, 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 power versus knowledge, and Wanda uses the lesson Agatha taught her about runes to stop her from using magic, defeating her, and trapping her in her own mind prison as the nosy neighbor wandering around Westview. Or should I say, Wanda-ing around? I I shouldn't say that, should I? Okay, moving on. (laughs) Darcy, aka Escape Girl, crashes into Howard, making him can't escape girl, and Monica helps fight Sword, and finally the Maximoff decide to call it a day and go home, where they put the kids to bed before everyone but Wanda disappears from existence. Wanda walks back through the town and receives some well-deserved angry glares from Norm and the other residents. Uh, Monica forgives her, and she takes one last look back at Westview before she flies off to a mountain cabin for some alone time with her new BFF, herself. A post credit scene shows Jimmy Woo running the game, so you better put some respect on his name, and Monica receives a message from Nick Fury, delivered to her by a scrawl. A post-post-credit scene shows Wanda Maximoff drinking tea while simultaneously using astral projection to study the Darkhold, and Benedict Cumberbatch is probably already shopping for yachts he can buy when the new Doctor Strange movie comes out. That was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, I don't know how long that take took, probably longer than I intended, but... <laughs> Only about like a minute or so. Okay. 
<laughs> I was hoping it would be like one minute. Uh, so that was my very quick and dirty synopsis of the WandaVision finale. So, Ryan, what do you want to dig into? Well, I mean, let's just uh, go right from the start here. Agatha, right from the start, we're learning that, like I said in the last episode, she's here for the draining of the power, baby. Yeah. She's clearly trying to get, you know, Wanda to use her, her chaos magic or release it so that she can absorb it and get the power. Mm. Now I have a, I have a question because I want to talk about I want to talk about both this episode and that the reason I did a, a f- the full synopsis and got that out of the way is because we have to talk about this episode but also like the context of the show up until this episode. Mm-hmm. So one of my big big questions since Wanda got pregnant in episode two has been how real are these kids? What version of reality are they? And so in this episode, we see them getting like turned into Tetris pieces when when the reality curtain opens. But at mm-hmm. this beginning part, Agatha has the kids around like with their things around their neck, her like purple ropes around their <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah. And her goal is definitely to absorb Wanda's powers. Mm-hmm. But so these kids have some kind of superpowers. Why is Agatha not interested in absorbing them? Like, why isn't she trying to drain their power? Can well, she think, if she tried? Well, I think that was kind of the whole purpose of the last episode was for her, the background story that for her to learn about Wanda and how powerful she really is. And I think mm. the reason she wants her power is because she's she's special. She has a dark chaos power that she can't attain anywhere else. Okay. So like for her to become the most powerful, that's, that, that's kind of, she was trying to get that. She was trying to figure that out in the last episode. And once she, Oh, okay. This is the Scarlet witch. She has chaos power, you know, and she snaps, disappears outside. Now she wants to lure her out, use her power. That's why I think, you know, it's, it's about Wanda because she's special. She has a, a special dark power that her kids don't have not to mention, are they even, real so that's a whole other topic to to get into do they really have a power to absorb what do you what do you think of the line that wanda says to them at the end thank you for boys thank you for choosing me to be your mom yeah that was yeah that was that i thought about that too that's crazy now Mm -hmm. is it is it because there's something maybe their their soul or something was somewhere else and they were put into this place to be these kids. I mean, I think there might be a whole, there's a whole backstory, obviously we have to learn, but yeah, maybe it was also just, you know, just a, a nice sentimental line to say to your children right before they, uh, they die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right before they are blinked out of existence. Like you just turned a TV screen off and like the screen just goes. That was so nicely done how they did that to, allude to it but not show it <laughs> the mm. kid you know it's because that's no one wants to see a kid die you know so that was i like i liked how that was written at the end that was really really nice yeah the whole the whole uh, it's it's man it's it's a beautiful blend of the writing and the performances where when it, when the episode was getting to that point that inevitable point of you know, she realizes, Agatha has made her realize she has to make this choice. She has to choose between her fantasy world where her children and a version of her husband exist or doing the right thing, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she chooses to do the right thing. And so you're like, from that moment forward, you you realize what's going to be taken from her and what's going yeah. to happen. And they played it so beautifully where 
it's two parents trying to trying to shield their children from the fear of this inevitable yeah. horror and just let them go at peace. Exactly. And that was make, perfect. It yeah. really was. Like it, it I, I I talked to I talked to somebody else last night who also watched the episode and they like they thought very differently. They thought it was a cruel thing to do to your really? kids. Oh, yeah, and, and I I'm gonna say though, this was a parent, and I'm not a parent. So, <laughs> so from that's from my perspective, <laughs> it was like, oh, that's beautiful. That's that's I think what I would wanna do for my kids. That's exactly but, how but, I'd see it. You know, but the other side of the argument was like, no, you should you should hold your kid to the very last moment and you should be with them in that moment. And I get that, too. But like, I don't know. I'm kind of I think I think there's this. We're, you know, we're not solving parenting on this on this podcast. Also, just <laughs> to save them from that. Parenting <laughs> yes. But to save them from that terror and fear and anxiety yeah. of the la- I'm, I, I'm with you, I think. It, it was ultimately a better. That's a good choice. Yeah. If I could, if I could just go to sleep. Yeah. And then whatever happens, happens rather than know that in five seconds, I'm going to be obliterated by something I can't control. I think I'd rather just mm-hmm. go to sleep ignorant. <laughs> and <not wake> <laughs> exactly. <up. laughs> yep. And the way they did that too, with the, you knew the impending doom and the hex was slowly approaching and they almost mm. did it like a, like a Sam Raimi shot where they did like the camera coming at, like he does that type of shot, you know, the camera's coming at them. Like it was almost right. like coming to get them. And I thought that was really awesome. Cool. That is really awesome. My, yeah. my other, my other question about like the kids powers is that Billy, Billy is the one that has like mind powers, right? He's the one that in the comics you'd call Wiccan later yes. on. It seems like one of his powers, especially in the Halloween episode we saw was that he could sort of sense things that are happening mm-hmm. to the people that he cares about, right? Or he could sort of, he has this sort of either premonition or empathy yeah. that he can connect to people. So I was wondering, like, when Wanda and Vision are basically lying to the kids, or not lying to them, but just telling at them. At the end? At the end. Yeah. You know, go yeah. to sleep, everything's going to be fine, whatever, we're, we're going to be here. Uh, love you guys. It just, it. I, I would think that a psychic kid might sense, like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe there's something else going on, but yeah. But maybe no, that's, he's... that's a really good point. Yes, I as a fan, I'd I, I'd say maybe Wanda was blocking their thoughts so that you couldn't see that. Mm. It's probably just something that you got to kind of cover y- yourself. <laughs> but that's I fair. think yeah. But you know, I I really do think that it's something to do with Wanda must be blocking the thoughts, but because. Yeah, clearly, clearly he he can now read thoughts just like when he goes to Agatha. Yeah, it's quiet. You know, he can hear it. He just hears it, you know, so. Um, yeah. And, and I guess Vision wouldn't really have thoughts for him to read because those yeah. ultimately would just be Wanda's thoughts. So. That's exactly what my next thing was going to be too. Vision, maybe exactly not even really readable. <laughs> so I think I think it's one of two things. Either either she's blocking him from reading her or he is reading it and he is such a like erudite being and mm-hmm. just knows knows yeah. what he knows that he's just at peace with this. He's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be me and my brother are going to be zipped out of this dimension, but maybe they were like maybe they already know like we're dimensional they, travelers, yeah. that's fine. We can yeah, find they may, way or something. Yeah, they may in some subconscious somehow know they're not. They can come back, and as you will see later in the final scene, I obviously I think they're alluding that they are going to come back. And let's uh, talk about that. Let's talk about that. Okay. 
how would they come back? Like what, in what manner okay. do you think? Well, I have this, I think, you know, obviously she's the Scarlet Witch. She's astroplaning, I guess, as they, they say in like Dr. Strange yeah. and stuff, she, you know, astro projection, astro projection. She's studying while she's also chilling and drinking tea. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> you stuff. know, which seems pretty cool, <laughs> but I, I think, you know, basically she was using the dark hold to explore multiverses at this point she's searching she's searching the the realms for different versions possibly of, or of her actual kids to try to get them somehow i think that maybe that's gonna how dr strange is then gonna come in she's gonna something's gonna get messed up some yeah big evil being in, is gonna be there and, and dr strange is gonna have to come in and assist and i think somehow she's gonna end up through the events into the multiverse of madness she'll end up with her kids back somehow now oh man would i also love to see vision come back but that can be another top we'll we'll save that for the vision discussion <laughs> yeah well we're, I, I, I vision's definitely going to come back uh, <laughs> yes. the way they left things off so that's that's no question at all which is great because yeah. i love that i yeah. love that outcome we're definitely going to dig into that that was my favorite part of the episode but back to bill i also but i re- just capping it off i really yeah I really think they're going to come back because they just also have such a yeah. big role in Marvel in general, like, you know, I've, young Avengers and stuff like that. I think that, I think they'll be back. And they made a good impression. Like those kids were, they found good kid actors to be they kids and not be annoying and be interesting characters mm-hmm. and have a future that I want to see more of. Like, they did a really good, a really good job of something that's very important in this phase of Marvel, which is mm-hmm. to introduce not just new characters, but young characters that are going to be the future of the franchise. Exactly. And I really feel like they, they, they hit a home run with these two kids. Mm-hmm. So it would be very valuable for Marvel to bring them back yeah. uh, in some way. Um, I, yeah, I feel like they wouldn't waste time getting such good actors, kid actors to do this if it was just a one-off thing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, but the um, I do. Th- I mean, obviously, Doctor Strange is going to come in at some in some way. Uh, Agatha at one point in this episode meant says to Wanda that she is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, or that the, I think yes. what, when she says that is when she's reading from the Darkhold, and that's the prophecy is that the the Scarlet yeah. Witch will be more powerful even than the Sorcerer Supreme. So I have a feeling oh. when. When Doctor Strange does show up, when Stephen Strange shows up, he's go- it's going to be an ego thing where mm-hmm. he's going to be kind of like the uh, he. It's going to be like his movie, but in reverse, where he's he thinks he's hot shit. You know, he's the most practiced and powerful and knowledgeable sorcerer that, that there yep. is. And then this woman is coming to him, uh, and she is inherently more powerful than him. Yeah, um, and it, and has an even bigger destiny than him. I feel like he's got a big ego, and that's probably going to come into play with with that with like in terms of causing problems yeah i totally agree i was almost thinking more that they wouldn't maybe for the most part of the movie they wouldn't really even be on the same side so they may not have that struggle because there'd be no opportunity because they're not with each other but she's actually going to be more evil and have her own agenda and dr strange is going to have to try to prevent that from happening and then that's interesting that's interesting do you, do you think it's going to be like Wanda is evil as a result of everything that's happened to her or like this being no. the Scarlet Witch is evil, like the Dark Phoenix is evil and it's going to take over her will? I, I honestly think that's more of the case, but I don't think that it's going to end up taking her over in the end. She's going to learn how to be with it and control it. But she just 
learned, you know, she's the Scarlet Witch and she has all this power. And now I think going into this next movie is going to show it consuming her and she's going to have her own agenda. She's, and she's not going to care so much about our universe and Dr. Strange is going to have to come in and correct it. But in the end, save her and her kids from whoever this bigger boss enemy bad guy may be. That's, that's kind of like how I saw it. So the Darkhold prophecies that the Scarlet Witch will destroy the world. And I don't think that, I don't think she says this world. I think she says the world, right? So, unless I'm wrong about that, but. No, uh, I think that you're right. Yeah. (laughs) um, Because if she says this world, that's very different because, Mm -hmm. especially if we're talking about multiple dimensions. And I think. Wanda might realize that her she there's no avoiding her destiny. Like her destiny is going to be fulfilled one way. Like Ragnarok, you know, mm-hmm. Thor yep. tried to avoid the destiny. He tried to prevent it, and it turns out the only thing he should do is make sure it happens. Terminator <laughs> Three, yeah, <laughs> even even a better example than Thor Ragnarok. Yeah, so <laughs> no fate, but what we make it. Um, so <laughs> that really caught me off guard. <laughs> um, <laughs> beautiful so so i think i think she's gonna yeah i think maybe i i don't i don't necessarily think uh even though i've been i've been really pitching my dark phoenix theory forever i don't necessarily think that's gonna be the trajectory with the scarlet witch mm-hmm. wanda i think they're going to find like a unity or yeah. balance pretty mm-hmm. quickly but Me I think too. what it's gonna, what it's going to be is like she's going to keep trying to avoid her destiny to destroy the world, and eventually it's going to be some clever thing where it's like no, sh- there's this some dark dimension she has to destroy. That world right. has to be destroyed, and she has to be the one to do it. It's going to be like her quest is going to be finding out that that's what it means rather than destroying our world. Who knows? I like that. The Darkhold itself. Turns out that Agatha has had the Darkhold, and I don't know how she got it. Because it was in hell last we saw it in the MCU. So, Ryan, I apologize if you have not seen Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because I'm about to, I'm about to have, spoil an entire uh, season of it. Possibly two full seasons of the show. <laughs> that's okay. I'm down. Uh, I'm kind of interested. <laughs> okay, good. Well, listeners, you at least have the option to like hit that, you know, forward 30 seconds button if you want. But Ryan, I'm sorry, I'm trapping you in and I'm telling you all about the dark hold. So on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is the show where, if you aren't aware of this, Agent Coulson, who was killed by Loki in the Avengers movie, is back. He's back. He's alive. He's got a team. And the show, I think, Ryan, you, you've worded this really well before, where the, you said the show has to follow the MCU, but the MCU does not have to follow the show. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been on for, I think it last, I think it was on for about seven seasons before it ended. And around the fourth or fifth season, they introduced this concept of something called an, uh, I think it's called an LME, yeah, an LMD, sorry, a life model decoy, which is Ooh. pretty much what Vision kind of is. He's, he's a synthesoid, and that's kind of what these things are, LMDs. Right. And one in particular, whose name is Ada, artif- Artificial Intelligent Digital Assistant. Long story short, she gets the dark hold which is being, I, I, without spoiling too much, and also I don't remember all of the details sequentially, <laughs> Go, Ghost Rider is involved. Ghost Rider is trying to either get the book or protect the book or get it back to bring it back to hell. But either way, this AI gets a hold of it and uses it to create a human body for herself. 
So there's also uh, what's going on during that season is a bunch of people are trapped in this virtual reality world. Ada has created in order to keep their minds occupied while she does her whole global domination plan in the real world. In that virtual world, all sorts of crazy things happen. One of them turns into like an evil version of themselves. And they don't. They don't know they're stuck in it? At first, no. And then when they do, it kind of the whole season kind of turns into this inception thing where some of them have to like jack into certain parts of the world to try to like get other people out of it. And then once they're out, they have to try to fight in the real world and get other people out. It's 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 crazy, but it makes sense while you're watching it. And it's it's one of those things where Agents of Shield has always been a fun show. I've always liked it. But it's never had the stakes where it's where it can be. It has to like play on the on the outskirts of the MCU, and yes. this is something where the MCU didn't introduce this concept of the Darkhold. Agents of Shield did, and now it's made its way into the bigger MCU, the proper MCU, <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. But yeah, at the end, Ghost Rider. I think Ghost Rider. This is another big spoiler. Ghost Rider. Something happens, and then Agent Coulson becomes Ghost Rider. <laughs> wow. But only temporarily. And then they, they <laughs> but they but they take the book to hell and that's where it ends up. So I don't I don't know how Agatha Harkness got the Darkhold from Hell, but canonically in the MCU, that's the last place that it was. Either hell is a real literal metaphysical place or it's a dimension Agatha yeah. as like a witch can travel through and yeah. stuff like that. I don't know. I would think it's, I'm thinking they're going to go with the dimension thing. Like there's, you know, going to be like the hell dimension and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Opposed to like hell, like we think of it. I'm reading on the Wikipedia, the Darkhold, also, sorry, not Wikipedia. It's like Marvel, Marvel, yeah. Marvel Wiki. And they're saying that the show, The Runaways, also had like the missing piece of the Darkhold. Okay. So I'll just read this little synopsis. The Darkhold was used by Morgan Le Fay. Uh, I don't know that character, but I recognize the name from comics. Don't know him. Yeah, on, I guess on the Runaways show, they call her Evil Beyonce, but I don't have oh. enough context for that show. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite comic book character. <laughs> evil Beyonce. Uh, I like yeah. I, I like Evil Shakira personally, but Hell yeah, yeah I get you. Um, that's your <laughs> <laughs> so the, the the Darkhold was used by Morgan Le Fay in an attempt to bring the Dark Dimension to the Earth plane. She was eventually stopped by the Runaways and Pride members. Pride is an acronym for something, I don't know. Who used the book's spell to imprison her in the Dark Dimension. Um, the Book of the Damned was then obtained by Agatha Harkness, but they don't say how. So... So yeah, that's um, that's Wait, the dark they hole, say that friends. The, they they say that in the Runaways show. No, no, no. It's just I'm reading the wiki on oh, the dark okay. hole itself, and so like, like that's that's like everything I explained about Agents of Shield. The book ends up back in hell, and then this yada 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 okay, this time yeah. period I don't know about is apparently happens on the Runaways, but mm-hmm. I don't think it ends with them explaining how Agatha Harkness gets the book. I right. think it just ends with them using it for to get rid of evil Beyonce. yeah (laughs) yeah beautiful so (laughs) so yeah i I don't know i think that that uh i think that they're gonna wipe that all off and it's they're gonna pretend it just didn't exist i'm getting that vibe i'm getting the vibe they're gonna cut it that right out because i just think i think that kevin feige wants to keep his strict mcu stuff streamlined and doesn't want to have to worry about the the continuity of all of these shows that have come on there's just a lot of stuff branching off that you have to think about when you could just keep 
I really just think, I just don't think they'll incorporate all that stuff. And it's a, that's a lot. And they've touched upon some things that they may want to use in the future, like the dark hold. And I just don't think they want to worry about trying to connect their story that they've made there with, with, with him. Cause Kevin Feige kind of doesn't really have much to do with any of those shows that aren't on Disney yeah. plus. And he guides the story of the MCU. So that's what I feel. That's how I, you know, thinking about it realistically, that's how I feel about it. I think you're most likely right. But I think what what helps this concept of the dark, of what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did with the Darkhold is how mm-hmm. similar it is to WandaVision. Right. Yeah. Because the framework is so similar to Wanda's TV reality. The, the, the book itself, it's a book of spells, basically. So what ended up happening yeah. was this, this AI creature used a spell to manifest something into reality. And right. And that's basically what's happening. Yeah. On the vision. Yeah. But also they, the show itself, like agents of shield did a good job with ghost rider. It was the Robbie Reyes version of ghost rider. And he has like mm-hmm. a trans am instead of a, a motorcycle. And that <laughs> might sound sacrilegious, but it was actually pretty good. I encourage anybody who yeah. doesn't watch agents of shield, like go back and watch, watch it. Some seasons are better than others, but it's a really fun show. And now yeah. I think, is is potentially a little bit more relevant to the MCU because of this whole Darkhold thing. Do you um, think maybe they'll use this the Darkhold to bring in Ghost Rider into the MCU? They could. I think they could. And and if man, if it was Phil Coulson, that'd be really really fun because <laughs> <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Because that'd be a, a perfect way to bring him back that like, well, not perfect because the MCU, I don't know. It de- it definitely deals with like gods, but like they're space gods. It yeah. Doesn't really really have a hell and demons and you know that's why i'm really curious at how they handle like ghost rider and blade and all these yeah. you know more hellish type storylines yeah that's, and that's why this i think this whole thing with either mephisto or or chathon or chathon who's it that the, i think he's like the ancient god or something who created the dark hold you're opening up the, i think you have to open up some more godly type stuff to get to those stories. And I think we're getting there and this is the direction we're going to take to get into those type of things. Do you think when, when, so at the end, when Scarlet Witch is reading from the dark hole, do we hear, mm-hmm. I had to go back and like put on subtitles to figure out what she was hearing those screams yeah. at the end. Did you immediately pick up on what that was? Yeah, it was, I mean, generally like mom, help, help us. Yeah. Mom. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't I couldn't even hear that the first time, and I was just like, oh, this is cool. She's doing the Doctor Strange thing, but then yeah, I put on the captions. Not only that, but I mean, it's just mom help us, mom help us, and uh, there's only so many ways a kid could scream that. But I did rewind <laughs> yes. the episode back to when the kids are getting Tetris. They could have also very well just taken that sound bite and plugged it in at the end. But I, it, may, it did make me wonder if she's going to try to use like time travel to to get the kids back. And like go back to that moment when she closed yeah. the curtain and try to change things. Kind of like when I, I, cause they still haven't even, they still really haven't covered this when that beekeeper showed up in episode two and she just boop yeah. wound time about 15 seconds. And it's one of those things just, I have questions about actually. Yeah. So one I'm wondering if, if this like thing at the end is a hint that she's going to start going into time. Yeah. That would be, Pretty much, I was just going to emphasize, you know, that's pretty much one of the loose ends. I was going to talk about the beekeeper. They never explained where he went, but yeah, having her use time travel to go back, that would be cool. Especially that Dr. Strange is coming into it with the time stone. I know right now he doesn't have it, but who knows how that's going to play out. 
yeah, that's that's cool. That'd be awesome. I love things that involve time travel. So I'm open for that anytime. I just I um, love storylines that involve time travel and how they explain it. And it's just that that's one of my favorite things. That's why I love Endgame so much. Would you uh have you seen very much of a tangent? We don't have to talk about it, but have you have you seen the movie Looper? <laughs> Is that the one with Bruce Willis? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Oh, you'd like it. They do they do interest, they do like not new things with time travel, but they do like it's the sort of thing where it's it's the time travel movie that is more aware of it talks about the concept of time travel. Isn't um, it something to do with like an assassin who has to go he goes back in time and kills people and he has to like yeah. kill himself or something like that? I mean yeah, I get the gist of, of the movie, but I, I never or if I did maybe I did see it, but it, it was so when it like first came out, I, I don't remember it if I did. That's not great. It just like if you like I think if you like time travel movies that like Make no, you think about the concept of time travel. It does ask some questions that I never, I'd never thought of before until I saw it. So I thought I think it's good for that reason. And also, Joseph Gordon-Levitt wears like a prosthetic face to make him look like a young Bruce Willis, and it's really effective. <laughs> it's so, nice. <laughs> so yeah, Agnes. At this, uh, let's go back to the beginning of the episode because we got we definitely went off on a good tangent there. Yeah, Agatha, uh, Agatha and Wanda are fighting. She's trying to take her powers. The kids go inside and okay yeah there's this really fun moment when <laughs> agatha is absorbing a blast from wanda and her hand gets all mummified mm-hmm. and so she thinks like her power is gone but then she still like conjures up a car and slams agatha <laughs> into the house with it and they do this really fun shot where wanda's approaching the car and the, and her boots agatha's <laughs> boots are sticking out from underneath it and it looks like the wicked witch yes. of the east <laughs> It was an awesome nod to the Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. And I love just the little subtle music in the background too is so cool. Like it's just yeah. it was a really well done little nod and it was and it was awesome. Like <laughs> I'm not and, there. And they also later in the episode showed a marquee on the Coronet Theater, the movie theater in the middle of town, mm-hmm. uh, for Oz the Great and Powerful. I didn't even notice that. They did two other things with that marquee that you might not have noticed. One was uh, they were advertising these movies um, top and bottom on the marquee. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't actually look up. <laughs> <laughs> One was put the fun in dysfunction. I don't think that's a real title of anything. I just looked it up and the first thing that came up was a game show that Oprah played on her show. Oh, yeah. Which I, I don't I, I don't know. But um <laughs> Yeah. I highly doubt uh, it's referencing that. <laughs> but the other one was the Tannhauser Gate. It was like a movie that was advertised twice in the episode called Tannhauser Gate. Ryan, does that mean anything to you? That means absolutely nothing to me. Okay. I'm gonna read something real quick. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time, like tears in rain. Time to die. Uh, it's from Blade Runner. Do you know, do you know the, the, the premise of Blade Runner? No. Uh, Blade Runner is a future where they've created robots that they're called, are called replicants, and they're so close to reality, you can't, you can't tell who's a replicant. But they have this, they have this test that they can like bring them in a room and ask them certain questions because their brains are computers. And if they basically, if they, if they can answer all the questions, fine. But if not, they get stuck in like this logic loop and that's how you know it's a replicant. Anyway, that quote is towards the end of the movie, uh, Harrison Ford is this cop that hunts down 
renegade replicants. It basically eliminates them because they've quote unquote malfunctioned and he catches up with one and it gives this whole speech about like, you know, you're, you, you, you don't, you fear me. Humans fear me because I've lived longer than you because I'm immortal basically because I'm a synthetic being that doesn't have an expiration date. So I've seen so many things I've seen like tack ships off the fire uh, on fire off the shoulder of Orion, like implying that he's been in space and seen space battles. And like, I don't know what sea sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tannhauser gate actually means, but it's, it just evokes this, this imagery of like another world or like a space, you know, thing that, that only a, a being that could survive in extreme conditions would be able to witness firsthand. And he's just going to be taken out and killed. And then those memories are going to be gone with him. So anyway, it's, it's a beautiful little like artistic poetic moment in that movie. And yeah. I don't think it's an accident that they chose to focus on it. Uh, Cause the Tannhauser gate is a made up thing that people reference a lot because it's, a, it's like a shorthand reference to Blade Runner and right. the concept of replicants. And this one replicant that is extremely self-aware of his mortality and the unfairness that that he's being prosecuted by humans. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of parallels, obviously, with Vision himself. Yeah, with and, the, the, the whole, the whole like loop, uh, like logic loop thing is that reference possibly, you know, the whole Theseus ship thing that they went over, you know, yes. and uh, that's kind of like a logic loop for, yes. for, for Gray Vision, you know, and then so it's almost like alluding to that too. Exactly. That's, yeah. a, very, that's a perfect call out. All right, so just... Just put, just lay in all the bricks for when we get to that vision scene, because we're going to talk a lot about that. So, <laughs> uh, so this Wizard of Oz moment, very, very fun. And then Vision shows up. So they do this cool thing where she's like looking at the boots and then you don't see Agatha. You don't know where she went, but mm-hmm. she looks up and in the reflection of the, of like the living room window, we see vision, like gray vision appearing. Yeah. And Wanda goes towards him because she's like, oh my God, your vision, you're back. Yeah. And he caresses her head and then tries to crush her skull. <laughs> that was awesome scene, I thought too. Like at first, yeah. like it's all loving. I knew it was coming. No, it's like, you know, it's coming. Oh, he's not going to be good. And then he puts that other hand up to her head and it's like, oh God. That sound <laughs> effect got me. It was awesome. And I thought you were supposed to be powerful. That was badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, yeah, man. I feel like they're not, they're not doing a lot with evil vision to make him look like evil, right? But they're doing a little no. bit to make him like sneer. He kind of sneers. Yeah. Subtly. Very subtle. And he does that little little bit of lip curl like thing to and obviously they kind of change the voice a little bit in his eyes. But I think there's also subtle differences in the prosthetics on his face to change yeah. slight because there's definitely like a little bit different look to him. Yeah, I think what it does is it makes him look more more basic. It makes him look mm-hmm. more blank. Like yeah. his expressions, you can interpret them as anger or evil, but I want when I watched it again, I was like, no, he's just kind of a blank slate. And he's kind of just mm-hmm. he's not really I, if anything, he doesn't look angry. He looks confused or he looks like he's trying to focus or yeah. something. But he doesn't he doesn't look like he is. He His intent is harm mm-hmm. and that he's going to get pleasure out of harming these these things yeah. and causing pain. It's and, just like I am trying to focus and I also don't know who I am or what I yeah. am. It's just simple. I'm a robot. I have a, uh, I have a, a programming and I'm just, that's it. It doesn't matter if I'm murdering you or helping you. That's just my directive and that's it. 
just my yeah. directive. Yep. That's it. Really cool battle sequence in general right here where she, I think she throws him into a truck and it explodes. And then, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Vision, no, vision, vision the, the other vision slams him into a truck. The truck explodes. Yeah. Slams him into the camper type thing. It explodes. Yep. Agatha comes floating up out of out of the house and is like, oh, this is awkward. Your ex-boyfriend and your boyfriend. And then we see Monica is, oh, before that, before that, real quick, Wanda says to Vision, I should have told you, you know, I should have told you everything. I should have told you the truth. And mm-hmm. she says, I can fix it. And Vision looks at her and says, can you? Yeah. And I don't yeah. think she can. <laughs> and I think, I think he knows at this point, mm-hmm. he, he knows the situation. I think he knows in his head, the only way this is going to end is, is me ending. <laughs> yep. You know, he, he's, he's faced it, And I think it's kind of, it's, she needs to realize it, which she does, but. Um, Monica is watching the fight from Ralph Boner's house. And, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about Ralph Boner a little bit. So Ralph Boner. <laughs> Well, Ralph Boner what a, is what a trolling situation. This is the character played by <laughs> by by Evan Peters, and yes, it is a trolling situation that I am proud of them for. I, I love it. Think, I think it's great too. You know, you yeah. bring in this actor from another universe, get everybody just head spinning, like yep. theories going crazy, and then no, nah, no, nah, that's just Ralph Boner, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's beautiful it's really it's really funny like it's so funny because 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 the more you think about it it's harder to connect that actor to being the actual peter maximoff from the fox movies it really is as much as we like you and i are guilty of like we tried to talk it out we tried to justify it we tried to find a way to make it the the reality and and because we wanted it so bad but it makes it just makes more sense that that actor yeah. is just a character that doesn't exist in either movie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Again, only- it comes down to the thing with with Kevin Feige. I don't think he's going to connect something. Once you right. connect to this universe, now now it's like you're responsible for all the story that. Oh well, now everything you do has got to try to line up with everything that was done there. And I, I, it's just, he, I think he just wants to cut ties and start again. And I should have yeah. known this when we were talking about it, but you know, it just excitement gets you. Well, and that's, that's <laughs> part of the trick is that like, they give you just enough hope and breadcrumbs mm-hmm. excuse me, that you can, that you can follow this tangent and it's the prestige. It's the, you're looking at the left hand and the actual trick we're doing is with the right hand. So yeah, absolutely. I applaud them for it. I think it's great that they did it that way. I, I love that I got tricked by it. I think it does. The only the only part that it leaves off for me, though, is why would Wanda, looking at that face, looking at Evan Peters' face when he arrives, why would she be like, oh, it's my brother, Pietro? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, think- how did they explain that, the face? I think Agatha kind of tried to gloss over it, but, I mean, it wasn't a great description, but just because she's so caught up in her mourning and her sadness that any reminder of him is kind of going to trigger emotions for her brother. And really Mm -hmm. Agatha's whole purpose was to try to stir up Wanda to get her to eventually use her powers and release them. And so she can absorb them or whatever. So I think anything she could try to provoke her was really 
what was going on. And you're right. It's hard. It's a little, if someone rolled in and said, that's like your sister and clearly, you know, it's not, mm. <laughs> you know, or your brother or whatever, you know what I'm, what I'm saying, you know, you know yeah. what they look like. And I just be like, nah, you're not him. Slam the door. But also, like, she also seemed like she was kind of almost in a trance herself for the, a lot of the show. So it's almost like she was believing it. She was in her story herself and believing it. So it's just, yeah. it, she just went along with the story kind yeah, of. Yeah. Almost, almost like she, like at this point she's on stage, there's an audience. This actor just came in and like introduced a bit. She can't just, she can't just say no to the bit. Like if you, have you ever done improv? Like you don't just say no, you have to you yes. And so you have to just go with it, roll with it. Eventually yep. I guess she, she bought into the reality of it. That it, that it she was a little but, taken. She was a little taken back and surprised. And she was skeptical. Because, like to, to now that I'm thinking of that yeah. Halloween episode, she was skeptical pretty much throughout the whole episode. And she was asking exactly. a lot of questions yeah. the whole time. So. She was exactly. Now, another thing I have about him too, is he clearly had superpowers. Was that just, did he though? I mean, he was zipping around. Like he even did the in the basement and then flicked Monica and, and she went flying, you know, from a flick, like, you know, cause it's super speed finger, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think though, so is I that think, just Agatha g- giving those to him? I think so. <laughs> um, because we've seen, well, I was going to say we've seen Billy grab Tommy's hand. Is it Timmy or Tommy? Uh, Tommy, Tommy's the speedster. Tommy, yeah. we've seen him grab his hand. Oh, so the other way around, I've seen Tommy grab Billy's hand and then just like start running around. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't like rip Billy's arm off or Billy's like feet get scuffed up from like being dragged across the pavement or anything like that. <laughs> right. So I think what we're seeing is that if somebody is using their powers while like hand holding, even if it's spectral hand holding another person, yeah. they can drag them around. So I, I feel like maybe Agatha put like some sort of augmentation around Ralph made him like, fast or strong or whatever until the necklace comes off the necklace is like this yeah. charm that not only controls him but also puts like a protective ward on him augments his strength run augments his speed yeah that um, makes sense very very funny troll i think they did a great job i i love it and i also i don't know it's a stretch but i think there is a way that if they really if they really wanted to there's a way that this is actually still peter Maxwell. yeah I they left it. They left it open enough where they could do whatever they want with it. So absolutely, still could be. So then we eventually. So this fight is going on, and eventually we cut to Jimmy Wu, who is handcuffed. Hayward has his team. They're like looking at their computer screen. They're talking about, do we still have control of Vision? And it's very clear that they're the ones controlling him, and and that they sent him in there. Jimmy Wu somehow somehow just sneaks over <laughs> while two guards are watching him. I love just, how he's literally picking up. <laughs> And there's a card right behind. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, that guy's looking at your hands, bro. <laughs> I, I watched that sequence a couple times, trying to figure out how he did it. Um, <laughs> That's movie but, magic right there, baby. But you know what? Here's the thing. Jimmy Woo has spent a lot of time with Darcy, who is a scape girl in my, in my head canon. And so he's picked up a trick or two from. Yeah, and he Darcy. learns from Ant-Man all the sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So they talk about, he, sa- he says, you, you'll never get away with this, Hayward. You can't cover it up. And Hayward says, we don't have to because Wanda canceled her show. Uh, there's no footage of more than one Vision. And mm-hmm. so once he eliminates Wanda, people will believe that the Vision, 
that they're seeing is a step over the rubble of Westview is the one that Wanda illegally resurrected. And they'll thank me for recovering this valuable asset. And you could be part of the, you could be one of the people that gets thanked Jimmy Woo. If only you had a little more vision. vision. And I love Jimmy Woo's reaction. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good one. Hey, <laughs> you got me. That was a pretty good impression. <laughs> <laughs> he also does, when he gets out of the handcuffs, he goes, flourish, which <laughs> really made me laugh. Jimmy Woo is delightful. Absolutely. And Hayward is a dick. And I am ready to admit, I was wrong about Hayward the whole time and that he <laughs> really was a, a villain. He's just a piece of shit. <laughs> I wasn't wrong. I wasn't wrong because I was saying, like, it's not like this guy is trying to build Hydra. It's not like this guy yeah. is an agent of Hydra. He's not Alexander Pierce. So I was right about that. I was, yeah. I guess what I was wrong about is I was holding out that he would be redeemed in some way, but there yeah. is not redemption yeah. for this character. Yeah. This they point. literally, in this episode, they really wanted you to hit. This dude opened yeah. up a clip on kids. Emptied the clip. He, <laughs> yeah, he kept firing bah, bah, until his, the trigger was just like click, click, click. Yeah. And he kept trying to fire then, more bullets. Then tried to run him over. Yeah. <laughs> like, luckily, Darcy came in and stopped. Like, this dude, they really wanted you to hate this guy. And yeah. he was well-deserved of being arrested at the end. But he yeah. wasn't any big, any, uh, you know, he wasn't like any crazy bad guy in disguise or anything bigger. Like, yeah, you know, we may have thought it was just a, a real piece of work. <laughs> and he was guy. dealt with accordingly. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Wu escapes. He calls his friend, his friends at Quantico. And then, yeah. And then we're at the scene where it's just a normal day in Westview. Wanda's walking through the town square and there is, uh, and the <laughs> the mailman says, uh, don't shoot me. I'm just the messenger, uh, which I think if I, so I watch a lot of TV, you watch a lot of TV. If I found myself living in a TV f- fantasy world, especially one that I created, somebody said an ominous line like that to me, I would be on guard for the next five seconds. Like, oh, he just said something about shooting, something about, <laughs> you know, guns or whatever, like, <laughs> I'm going to get blasted by an energy blast from a witch standing next to a squeak and shine, squeaky shine billboard. And sure enough, you look up and she's getting blasted by a witch (laughs) next to a squeaky shine billboard. So, (laughs) yeah. Squeaky shine using the power of the earth (laughs) and mother nature um, available at M&B Hardware, which M&B Hardware is in the town. I noticed it later on. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know. You know, I missed a lot of those background writings this time. Dang, you were on top of that. Yeah, I watched the episode yeah. like three times. Nice. <laughs> with it. Um, but yeah, the squeaky shine is like the last sort of ad that we get. It's like cheeky little ad that we get in the background. Yep. And no, I don't think there's much significance to it, but it's it's there and it's fun. This is where Agatha brings out the Darkhold. We've talked a lot about the Darkhold, so we don't need to jump back into that. Um, unless yeah. you have more to say about it. No, um, no, I think you covered it with your season rundown there of uh, <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Wanda, she tells Wanda about her prophecy, her destiny, the scar. So I'm going to read like the main points of the Scarlet Witch was not born, but forged. She has no coven, 
No need for incantation. Her power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme, and she is destined to destroy the world. Wanda Wanda immediately re- like yells back, "I'm not a witch. I don't cast spells." Blah blah blah. And I was and I was like, "Yeah, no, that's what she just told you. Like, <laughs> don't you're not a witch. You don't have a cousin. You don't cast no incantations. You don't cast spells. So you're just I confirming <laughs> she's right. Exactly. She just rattled off that, and you just basically solidified her thoughts by say, saying this back." <laughs> okay, yeah, you are the Scarlet Witch then. That's exactly what the Scarlet Witch is. <laughs> oh, goodness. Come so on, Wanda. I think that kind of is the point of the dialogue exchange because the next thing Agatha does is she's like, you don't, you still don't believe me? Take a look. And she lifts the veil off of all the townspeople. And this is such a cool thing because it's, it's sort of a reverse, a reverse zombie sequence where <laughs> yeah they're being unzombied yeah like I, i've definitely seen this in cartoons and a lot of other things where like you have this big this big magical sorcerer thing that can control a whole crowd of people and they like cast some sort of spell and then everybody churns and looks at you and and they're like start slowly moving towards you this yeah. is that but the opposite it's like all of these people are yeah. under your spell and i'm gonna lift it so now they're all coming back to yeah. reality and and realization and they're like walking slowly towards you in in full sane minds and That's they're an angry awesome observation. and they have a right cool. to be angry at her but like also oh, still yeah. afraid of her like Dottie Dottie comes up and and starts pleading about she has a daughter, Sarah, who's eight, and she's like, she, she could be friends with your boys if that's a storyline yeah. you want. If not, she could be like a school bully. I don't care. Just let her out of her room, please. And this is and, solidifying, too, that where the kid the kids are literally just sitting in their rooms or in their house, either what in a trance, unconscious, or just standing there waiting until they're called upon for the storyline. That's yeah. crazy. Because they mentioned that earlier, but never gave a, a solid answer. And I guess that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Wanda, Wanda has had these people in a literal mind prison and and imprisoned in their homes yeah and then like even if they can get out of their homes they're still imprisoned either in this town or just in a loop where they have to just follow, like the mailman yeah when he's like i'm exhausted i just i i heard that and i imagined he either walks or drives his truck constantly I don't yeah. even know if he if she imagined a home where the mailman lives. So he's either just walking around up and down the street with his bag across his shoulder, or he's in his truck getting, you know, a bag, filling his bag or emptying his bag. Yeah. But I doubt that she thought as far as where does this mailman live? Does he have a wife? Does he have kids? He probably is when he's like, I'm exhausted. Yeah. I don't know how many how many days total or how many weeks total do you I think, think we were this, in Wanda's reality? I'm pretty sure this was like nine, ten days. Like each episode was like a day, basically. Yeah, because okay, I, I'm getting I, I can go here. with that. I, that Especially right. with after the spooktacular episode, she wakes up the next morning still in that outfit. So I'm getting the gist. Every day she wakes up, she's progressing into a a new. So I give you know it was probably about ten days. Because the the longer that this is going on, the worse Wanda is as a person, right? <laughs> like yeah. Like, if this was a week and a half, it's like, okay, I can still believe that she hadn't figured it out. Or when somebody told her that she was causing it, she didn't accept that and had to test Mm -hmm. it. I can accept that. 
and go with this moment where Agatha lifts the veil and everybody and and up up to this line where Deborah Joe Grupp, Kitty, Kitty uh, Foreman says, mm-hmm. you know, if you won't let us go, then let us die. Yeah. Like that is finally what convinces her. You know what? It's not a trick. It's not, it's not even Agatha trying to trick me. It's me. Yeah. And I have to accept that and I have to let it go. And I have mm-hmm. to let these people go. I can, I can buy that. Like she's still a good person and has good intentions. Yeah. But like, if this was like three months or like a year that these people were trapped, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's harder for me to forgive, forgive Wanda. You know. Well, that's why it's. I'm. I'm glad that it was limited to, like you said, the week, week and a half. Because and and like I said, she was kind of in a trance. Almost, like she was almost succumbed to her own magic. Like exactly. she would. So it took her a little time to get to realize what's going on. And I'd say the week, week and a half is good. And you're right. If it went any longer, all right, Wando, you need to start realizing what you're doing here. You know, like, here's a question for you, Ryan. This, and this is an ins- a bit of an incendiary question. Do you think that Bucky Barnes is guilty of killing Tony Stark's parents? No. Why not? Because he was being controlled by... What that the, was it the Mind Stone? Yeah. No, it was just it was. It, I, well, actually, the mind, I don't remember if the Mind Stone was involved. I don't think it was. Yeah. I think that they were just training these people and brainwashing them. In, yeah, but in either this. either way, my point is he it was it, he's not guilty of killing his parents because it wasn't. It, it's clearly that's not Bucky. He physically right. did it, but some other entity or thought was making him do it. It wasn't Bucky's thoughts. Your intent right. is is what matters. So. Yeah. And and then that's not that wasn't his personal intent to kill his parents. I mean, someone controlled him to do it. I agree, and it's just like if Vision had succeeded in crushing Wanda's skull in this episode, that wasn't right. Vision's fault. It was Hayward, and exactly like, that does give a reason. That does give a reason for the other person to possibly have a problem with them, because yeah. obviously, I'm not saying that Tony has a reason to just forgive him either. But right. obviously, that's a difficult situation. It was phys- it's you know that's that's just one of those tough situations where you got to just you got to just deal with it. Physically, he did it, but he didn't mean to. Tony, this just Tony's going to have the right to be upset at the same time. Tony has the right to be upset, but Tony Tony's out for blood in Civil War, and Tony tries to kill him and and thinks that goes, it's justified to kill him. He and goes I don't think it's far. yeah, I don't think yeah. it's just I think it's I don't think it's justified for him to murder Bucky Barnes <laughs> for what he did. But yeah, definitely, definitely okay for him to be angry. Just like it's okay, I think, for the townspeople uh, of Westview to still be very angry at Wanda and oh, yeah. hold this against her. As much as Monica gives her a pass at the end of the episode. Yeah, but um, I, I think she says it perfectly. Like, no matter what I do, these people are, they're going to think the same of me. And that's just yeah. the way it is. And that's the way yeah. it's going to be with Tony and Bucky too. It's that same type of thing. Yeah, that's just the way it's going to be. So you got to learn to live with it. These people are, are always going to see you as this monster who did this to them. It doesn't you can't you're not going to be able to justify that to them because she's still capable of it. And she, you know, is right. We we sort of cut back to Ralph and Monica. He asks uh, if she's a fan of Steven Seagal and he's about to put a Steven Seagal movie in. <laughs> she <laughs> is wondering, like, how are you being controlled? And she tackles him. And takes off the purple bead necklace around his you, neck. You want to you want to tussle again? <laughs> <laughs> that was man. That was funny. Ralph Boner was a fun character. It was. Evan, it, was I, just, it was funny. It was. <laughs> um, do you think that? 
do you think that Ralph is literally married to Agnes? Like, is that, is that her level of reality? No, I think my, my guess is she came in when she sensed all this stuff came into the hex and kind of infiltrated Ralph's home. So Ralph is, Ralph is just like some like stoner SoCal dude that moved to New Jersey and bought a home, a two story home. And he just lives in the upstairs of it in this like crash pad, this like, like dude man cave. (laughs) And well, now that you put it like this. (laughs) So I'm wondering, well, I'm wondering like, what does the rest of his house look like? What is Ralph's job? Like what is, he talks about like, yeah, this is my man cave. It's where I go to chillax and listen to music when the missus is stirring up trouble. And obviously he's just talking about like when, you know, when Agatha is, doing her evil things like this is where she puts me so i don't know i just want to know more about the ralph boner's real life (laughs) yes i wish i do wish they kind of told us a little more about i left it pretty open-ended but yeah yeah, those are good questions exactly like i think you know i just want to think he was just living there and agatha came in and you know put him under her spell took over his house put him you know like put him in the basement like a dog it is his home. Like it is his home because because Monica right. finds the the title deed with yeah, his name right. on it. So exactly. So it definitely is. Yeah. Um, uh, Herb. Herb. Oh man. Herb says really great line. He, uh, when when they're when all the townspeople are like zombieing Wanda, he's like, I don't. I look in the mirror sometimes. I don't recognize my own face. I used to try yeah. to resist you, but I but I can't remember why. Do you? Yeah. That's. God, the fact crazy. all of that was crazy, but then the fact that he ends with like asking her, "Do you do you remember yeah. why?" I that that was the craziest part of it for me was that he is aware that he had the willpower at first mm-hmm. to try to push against this thing that was taking over his mind, and then eventually he gave up to the point where he's just like submitted to her will, and isn't yeah. even afraid anymore. It's just like he's just accepted. Yeah. And I think like they've accepted it and her powers have kind of over overcome their, their original memories. And it's almost hard for them now to remember their, their previous life. It's been so pounded down by Wanda's thoughts and her magic that they're having trouble remembering what their life was before, which is another reason I think that she she stopped this just in time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. When uh, when Norm, whose real name I think is Abolash, says, um, "When you let us sleep, we have your nightmares." Yeah. Like I think you're right that that eventually their minds could be completely taken over to where they're just they're just extensions of Wanda and and nodes of her brain, basically remote nodes like a router. And she's Um, powerful enough for that to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like like kind of like Ultron and all of his bots. You know, and she is in supreme denial throughout this. She's like, "No, you're fine. You're all going to be fine. I've yeah. kept you safe in here. No, you don't feel that way. You don't have nightmares. You you feel at peace." She's like telling these people, "No, you're you're not. Yeah, all these things you're telling me, you're lying to me. You're not actually in pain. I know that you feel great and you feel fine." And when she's like, "I've kept you safe in here. Safe from what?" Yeah. I kind of thought that, right, that's kind of what I thought too. Like, what are you talking about? You locked them in here, brainwashed Mm -hmm. them, so you're keeping them safe. I had trouble with that one. I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about there. Right, because they they weren't in danger before she showed up. In fact, the danger had been, (laughs) Wanda had helped them stop the danger, which was Thanos. And this town was recovering. And then Wanda shows up. 
accidentally, yes, but but she puts them all in this trance and traps them in mind prisons. And then she's saying, I've kept you safe in here, but like yeah. safe from what? There wasn't a threat that was that was coming to Westview or that was going that they needed to stay in Westview because the rest of the world was going to be destroyed or something like that. And also at the end, Monica says, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. Like they, Mm. she wouldn't have had to sacrifice anything if she didn't put them (laughs) in that situation in the first place. I kind of thought that was a little, like a little bit of a ridiculous comment, almost like, I mean, not selfish because not, but it's uh, selfish. It is selfish. (laughs) Yeah. Like these people don't like you came in here and they don't give everyone loses people and stuff like you're yeah. coming here and that doesn't that doesn't justify doing this here's what it is like Dottie and and some of the other people have real kids right and and man that's probably going to sound fucked up like <laughs> to imply, like I'm not implying that that Billy and Tommy are not real but yeah. physical Dottie yeah. has a physical eight-year-old daughter, right? That she that exists outside of the hex was pregnant for nine months and gave birth to, right? Yeah. For she had a let's let that's the distinction. She had a nine-month pregnancy and she gave birth yeah. to a daughter. She did the old um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> thank goodness this is a podcast. People can't see what Ryan just did. So <laughs> but uh but so Dottie, like Dottie had a daughter. Dottie had a daughter. That's <laughs> sounds like a nursery rhyme. Dottie had a daughter, and the daughter went boom. Um, so Dottie had a, had a physical, I like daughter that she birthed, and yeah. and Wanda has these like dimensional kids or whatever that only exist because they're part of this this Tetris piece TV dimension that she's built. So you've sacrificed what they what you've sacrificed for them. What you've sacrificed was the prison that you built to imprison them. So by your only sacrifice was that prison, which <laughs> yeah. contained the kids that you created. But yeah. you know what? It also was imprisoning some real kids yeah. and their parents. It, your sacrifice was, nightmare. was freeing us from our torture. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's crazy. I, yeah, I do. I, I'm going to say like, as much as I love Wanda, as much as I still call her a hero, I love Monica as well. Yes. It's the, the episode ends with this is, so I said, like, I might have one or two little bugaboos. This is my minor bugaboo. Yeah. Is that it's, it's just, it's forgiving Wanda's selfishness too quickly and easily. And it's really giving her a pass for all of the problems that she created. Yeah. And I agree. It's good, like, it's good that she didn't take a full villain turn and lean into it and say like, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm refusing to accept yeah. reality when when I'm confronted with it." And I really don't think she'll embrace the full villain thing. But I do no. think we still have a little bit of dipping into villainous sea. Just, just I but, think she's gonna just she's just gonna wait in the pool a little bit and then come out. Yeah. Well, Agatha says heroes don't torture people, which I've been saying yeah. for like five episodes now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> and she's right and and Wanda hears that and realizes you know what you're right and I am being selfish and this is me and I have to accept that and I have to cut it off I have to cancel the show I'm cancel yeah. I'm shutting it down she does a Tina Fey shut it down and she cancels WandaVision <laughs> <laughs>
And so this is when the portal opens. She, uh, I guess, long enough that the residents of Westview can run through the curtain. While, and, and also this allows Hayward and his team to drive in. I wish they showed uh, a shot of them running out of the hex or something. I kind of do too, because it muddied the waters just a little a bit when she's walking shot. out of the town at the end. I thought like, did they get out or did they just yeah. stay? Like, I, I don't, and it, it, I, I'm assuming they got out. And then after the fight ended, they just like slowly started walking back into the town yeah. to see like, is it safe to come back? But yeah, it was a little muddy. I agree with you. Yeah. Right. But not too bad. And then Wanda, what's happening? Wanda, the kids are, yeah, this is where everybody's turning into Tetris pieces. They're getting peeled away. It's very horrifying to watch. Like, I I think I would be Wanda and be like, yep, you're right. I've got uh, to to stop this up until the point where I see my kids turning into Tetraminos. (laughs) Exactly. And then I'm like, "Mm, can't do it. (laughs) <laughs> can't do it i gotta bring i gotta close the fucking barrier again <laughs> and i understand you know i understand where she's coming from it's like how can you sit there and just watch them disintegrate and i i, I get it it's when you can yeah. do something about it, it, it exactly and, yeah. and even though you're hurting all these people that you don't know but here's your your love and your children dying it's very much in front of you, and it's a tragic decision but it's great and it's clever the way that agatha has set up this this choice for her the way that she's that she's presented it as like Mm -hmm. well this has all been leading to this inevitable point where you have to make a decision you have to choose one of the it's kind of it's like when the green goblin kidnapped in the comics gwen stacy but in the movie it was mary jane and then like the tram full of full of civilians And he was Makes like dangling pick. them both over the bridge. And he's like, you have to pick one. You can't save them both. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very similar type decision. That's cool. Yeah. The, it's the trolley problem. It's the classic trolley dilemma, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it always works. It's great. Yeah. It creates real drama. It's nice. I like it. But in this case, like they don't resolve it like Spider-Man where Spider-Man saves everybody. And in this one, yeah, she has to make yeah. that choice. And she, yeah. she chooses herself i guess she chooses she chooses the, the other she chooses herself because the other ones are really fake so <laughs> so then there's this so then the fight breaks down to got agatha vision gray vision and sword on one side and they're not really working together necessarily like the three agents aren't really together they're just sort of all against wanda and yeah. then it's wanda Vision, the kids, and also Monica. They do their Avengers theme pose, which is really great. Unfortunately, man, the marketing materials for the show showed this shot several times. This I was like, it was like the, yeah, it was like the promo yeah. shot released for this episode. And it was, and it was like there were so many articles that were coming out over the past couple of weeks that had this shot as mm-hmm. as the headline, as like the the photo for the article promo. Yeah, and it just, like, it bums me out because I'm like, I just, I knew this was going to happen, whatever. I don't, I try not yeah. to watch trailers. I'm weird. Um, <laughs> I don't mind that that kind of stuff. I like it. It gets me excited. Okay. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want it given away, but I, if you show me little teases, it's going to get me more, oh, so I get where they're coming from. The two big things that we have left are the Vision versus Vision fight in the library and the, the conclusion of the Wanda and Agnes fight. Let's go into, this is where Vision and Vision fight each other. It's the coolest thing that happens ever. It's when they first start fighting, it's so awesome how they're visually, how they're, how they're using their powers, the phasing powers, how they're sort of letting, like one of them letting the other one phase through so they can grab that, grab them by the ankle and then materialize again. It's, it's like, 
in their physical battle, they're they're playing a chess match against each other. And I think chess is, is, is honestly a good analogy because in chess, both players start out with the same opportunity. You both have the same pieces that can do the same things and you're on a level playing field. So these are two beings with the same powers and they're yep. fighting each other. And it's really just a matter, it comes down to which one of us is more of a tactician, which one of us has the, the stronger or faster or more agile mind to outsmart the other one. And they just keep getting into a stalemate. They can't yeah. resolve it that way. And I think that they're because they're both vision and vision is this type of robot logical character. They both realize that, that as long as they keep punching each other and phasing and doing this, they're going to be locked in, in a stalemate forever. So, that's not how they can resolve this fight. So they 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 try to resolve it with their they debate with their fists and then they debate with their minds. Yeah. And oh my god, and a li- the library is just the perfect setting for this. It's so comic booky, but it works so well. <laughs> it does. Vision, Gray Vision comes in and he's let's say let's so I I like what I liked about this fight or what I liked about the visuals of it is that it's like you have like color TV vision versus black and white vision. <laughs> almost. That's a good, yeah. It's all, yeah, that's cool. So I'm going to, I'm still going to call him gray vision. Cause that's one syllable, but gray vision, uh, what should, what should we call the other one? Green, green vision, just vision and, and gray vision, uh, vision and gray vision. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> what I've been referring to him as. So Wanda's vision, Wanda's vision and gray vision. <laughs> Wanda's vision yes. says, you know, why are you doing this? Why, you know, why are you trying to destroy us? Gray Vision says, my programming directive is to destroy the vision. Wanda's vision says, but I am only a conditional vision. And Gray Vision says, I request elaboration. Very smart. Mm -hmm. They have this whole debate about the ship of Theseus. Ryan, have you heard this thought experiment before in the field of identity metaphysics? To be honest, I've never directly heard it like called the ship of Theseus, but I mean, I've heard of this thought before, you know, this loop of thoughts, you know, yeah. re- replacing the parts on one thing slowly over time. Is that still the original? And then you take all the pieces, refurbish them and rebuild it. Is that the original? Yep. There's, there's a real life example of this. The USS Constitution is a mm-hmm. ship that is still, still technically commissioned. Like it's still considered part of our, our current fleet of warships. Yeah. It's never actually going to be like sent into battle, but it's never <laughs> been decommissioned. And it was originally built in 1797. So wow. I think it kind of just sits in the harbor in Boston, maybe. Mostly, I think it's Boston. Obviously, if a ship is just sitting in the water for 200 plus years, the planks are going to rot or soak through or eventually need to be restored and replaced. So yeah, like the ship of Theseus might as well be the same question as the USS Constitution. Is it still the USS Constitution? It still has that name, but should it? Because it's no bolt, yeah. no plank, no sail, no bit of cloth from any of the sails, nothing, none, of, no physical materials that were on the original ship yeah. are still part of the ship, right? So, so is yeah. it still the USS Constitution? Is the ship of Theseus still Theseus's ship? Yeah, that is the that is a conundrum. But I like Vision's answer. You know, the experiences and the memories and the actual pieces that touch Theseus and all these things are actually what makes the ship the ship. 
I don't know. That's of course it's, it can't really, it's hard to answer, but like they say, you need both the pieces. Both are the ship. Both are not the ship. I like that the the two visions are what this devolves into is not I'm vision. No, you're not. I'm vision. It's well, I think if you put it that way, you would be vision, wouldn't you? And then the other one's like, well, (laughs) but if we're being fair, my good friend, I think it's actually you. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) It's so great. It's such it's 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 so much more entertaining than just watching these two continue to punch each other yes. until one of them explodes or exactly. how know, many just, times can you slam them through a wall and into the ground? It's great for a little while, but this was perfect way for two real beings that are, are very cerebral and mental to come together and, and solve their problem like that instead of fighting. I thought great. that was really cool. Grey Vision asks one one side of the ship of Theseus debate. He says, you know, if no if no original plank remains, then is it still the, the ship of Theseus? I think it's interesting that he's the one asking that because he's the one that has the original planks. He has yeah. the the body still. Mm-hmm. And he's saying that to Wanda's vision. He's saying if if you don't have any planks, if you don't have any vibranium or physical parts that are actually from your body are you still vision? And his response is, that's when he says, like, I think the memories are, I think the rot is the memories and the journey is the wear and tear on the ship. And he says, if the removed planks are restored and reassembled free of the rot, so with the memories scrubbed away from them, he's describing the vision that he's seeing in front of him, the gray vision, with the removed planks have been restored. We saw in Hayward's lab, in the sword lab, they were taking them apart and reassembling them and cleaning parts off. Then isn't that the ship of Theseus? And Grey Vision says, neither, both. He says, but I don't have the Mind Stone. And then Wanda's Vision says, I don't have a single ounce of original material. And it seems like they're like, you you got peanut butter, I got chocolate. (laughs) What if we... They're setting it up. (laughs) <laughs> yes we and have so, what you need for a new vision and so what it comes yeah because what it comes down to i love this distinction so much it's that he has no he uh gray vision says but i have no memories and yeah. wanda's vision says but you have the data you don't have the memories but you have the data and it's just being kept from you and there's just this protocol in place in your forehead yeah. thing that's like an inhibitor maybe that's yeah. keeping you from accessing your data and processing it as emotional memories. And so yeah. once I unlock that, that will allow you to access everything. It's it's mm-hmm. like, it really, it, it really is like if you encountered somebody that you knew your whole life and then they had like Alzheimer's yeah, or, right. you know, something that was just their brain is just keeping certain parts of their brain like locked away. They cannot yeah. access those certain parts of their brain. And if you could just do something to unlock that, they would they yeah. would become that person that you knew. Absolutely. So I think that's what this like Wanda's vision is trying to do here. He's trying to say like, mm-hmm. if, I, if I give you the trace amounts of the Mind Stone that I have in me as a non-physical being, as a theoretical yeah. being, uh, then that will that will remove that inhibitor, or that that will allow you to access 
that full 100% of your brain instead of the only the 10% that you're allowed to use because it controls your weapons and stuff. Yeah, that's a really, uh, really cool deduction there. Because he, no. he says out loud, like, a weapon to be more easily controlled. And I feel yeah. like that's, like, something that he's directly quoting from an earlier episode. But I, but it's most likely just that is something that in the lab he overheard Hayward saying about him or describing him as, you know? like Yeah, yeah I was kind of feeling like if, if you keep him, if he stays without the knowledge and stuff that, that Vision has, he can just easily be more easily controlled as a weapon. Yeah. Now he gets the knowledge and memories of the vision. He can prevent that from happening. Yeah. And you know? then so that's kind of the, what I, that's just kind of how I, he's easily manipulated being, ign- I, I don't want to say ignorant. That's kind of, kind of ignorant to being a living thing, uh, being like someone with a soul, like, like vision, you know, once he gets that humanity to him, he can't be manipulated as much. That's kind of trying to, <laughs> trying to word it right. You, you know what it is? It's like, I have, I, let's say I own a set of encyclopedias and it's on my shelf, right? Mm-hmm. I have that knowledge, but if I've never cracked them open and read them, that yeah. I have that knowledge in my house. I don't have it in my brain. You don't, right. You have access to it, but you don't actually have it. Right. It's almost like, I guess the better, like the, to take that analogy one step further, it's like I have those books sitting on my shelf, but there's like a big padlock around them and I can't even open the cover up if I wanted to look up what was inside of them. But then this alternate me knocks on my door one day, touches my forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, (laughs) It unlocks the encyclopedia. And unlocks the encyclopedia. Now I can go in my home. I can crack, take a book off the shelf, crack it open and gain some knowledge and like, and internalize that knowledge and get and and attach an emotion to it. What were you going to ask? Sorry. Do you think there's any symbolism to the fact that when he touches him, it kind of goes to the yellow mindstone, then fades back into like the blue reactor of color? Is yes, I do. Of, what do you think that is? I think I think it's kind of him just uploading the information, realizing it, but he's not fully vision yet. I feel like he's not. I know he says I am vision and flies away, but I feel like there's more. He still needs to mull over the facts and the information that's been unleashed in his brain before he can yeah. fully make a decision. I don't think that he's there yet. Yes. Maybe when he's there, that'll be yellow. That's a good. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, it's definitely a thing where, like we said, he had he had that knowledge locked away mm-hmm. on purpose by Hayward, and now um, Vision. So the Vision that Gray Vision <laughs> says to Wanda's Vision, "You must be the true Vision because you believe yourself to be," which yes. is beautiful. And like again, it's this whole like, "Nah, it's not me, bro. It's look, I, <laughs> yeah." You're saying I'm handsome, but you are a handsome guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And Vision, Wanda's Vision says back to him, but you are a carbon-based synthesoid, and you have these things trapped inside of you, and those aren't so easily destroyed. So it's just a matter of me. Here's what I think it is. Using my my encyclopedia analogy with the padlock around it, it's Mm. like this Vision shows up with the key to the padlock, puts it in, and sort of like cracks it open to show you what's inside. Like he shows, he basically shows him a recap of the MCU from age of Ultron forward in a montage. But then he, so he's like flipping through the book. He's like, all this stuff is in here. It's great. You're going to love it. And then just sort of leaves the key in the padlock and, and walks away. And is like, you can turn that key if you want, you can unlock it and, and spend some time with that knowledge. You have that that ability. You have that option now. That was a great way 
to describe pretty much what I was trying to say. Yes, that's exactly, that's awesome. Yes, exactly. And he just kind of flies flies off yeah he does does he i missed it if he said that and i probably should have written it down but does he say i am vision before he, flies he says off? i am vision and then gone never see him love again that. love i think that. it's great okay. which is which makes me happy because i really wanted paul bettany to still be in the mcu and this mm-hmm. clearly leaves it open that he can be and most likely will be i think so yeah i, I think, think so. He's a, i think he's a fantastic actor and i really fell in love with his character in this show, especially I, I really like vision. So that's awesome. Happy about that. And he's back in a way that may I'm doing air quotes makes sense. Yes. In comic book logic, it makes sense. It It doesn't violate, it doesn't violate the the reality that they've established in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They did it in an absolutely perfect way without being too cheesy and too ridiculous, made it work. I think it's awesome. I love it. So going back to the fight, the witch fight, when the sword agents show up, Agatha, Agatha is like, oh, and so actually the, I mentioned that like, they're not exactly on the same side. The sword agents at one point point their guns at Agatha and she like does this move. She lifts them up to the air. Like she's going to drop them and Wanda oh, yeah. saves them. So that, that also serves to give Wanda another hero moment, which she needs. Cause we just found out how much, yeah. you know, we, we, we confirmed. <laughs> how terrible she is. Um, (laughs) She's torturing 3,800 people, but she just saved five. So we're good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Five five, uh, of the people with that are pointing guns at her kids, but okay. Um, Agatha's like same story, different century. It's always torches and pitchforks coming after us. Hayward is, (laughs) we talked about that. He's straight up, straight up ready to murder these two kids. Do you think it's because in his mind, I don't, I'm not trying to justify this, but like, do you think what he's thinking in that moment is these aren't kids that will bleed if I shoot them? They're just like TV. He's, it's like basically uh, like he's playing yeah. duck hunt. Like he thinks I just need to take out these, these I do. virtual things that don't actually exist. I need to get rid I, of them. I do kind of think that is what's going on in his mind. But at the same time as a human being, when you go in there and you actually, yeah you're still seeing two very real right. to you children staring at you and you're going to like, and you don't even know the ins and outs of exactly are they real or not. So, and you're just going to go in and fucking blast them up. Yeah. That that's, you know, that and even the chance that they're real kids. Yeah. <laughs> like you, you should you still, <laughs> stop you. <laughs> like you still, if I, if it were me, like I would be going in that situation and thinking like, I still got to sleep tonight. Like I have, I have to sleep with the image in my head of me yeah. pointing a gun at two children and, yeah. and pulling the trigger until the clip is empty. Right. And, like, like and you don't even know, them. like you don't even know how they're going to, uh, when these, even if they are fake, are they going to die and squirm on the floor like a human and cry? And you want to see yeah. that? Uh, it's just, I'm getting dark here, but just the, like, what are you That's doing? The thing. That's what I'm saying is that if he, <laughs> if he could get to that point where he, he decides, like, he thinks that through and is like, I can live with that. He's yeah. awful. He's even yeah. worse than I was giving him pass for in earlier episodes. <laughs> yeah. He's an absolute piece of shit of a human being. Yep. But it's okay because our, our best friend, escape girl shows up in an ice cream truck, crashes into him <laughs> and gets him arrested by the FBI later on. And her, uh, her big shining moment in the episode, have fun it's in her, prison. <laughs> it's her it. only moment. It's her only moment in the episode. There, there's a moment yeah. later on where Darcy and Monica are, or I'm sorry, Monica and Jimmy Wu are talking and there, it seems like Darcy should have been in that scene. 
Yes. And they had to explain why she was like, oh, she doesn't like debriefings or whatever. Like debriefings well, are for the week, which is fine. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it is. But like, why wouldn't you just have her in the scene? It's I've got a feeling like, she was and something had to get cut or there was like a, a schedule conflict because of COVID and like and it was she, probably something that it was a know. reshoot and she couldn't come back or something like that. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not it's not egregious. It's it's just slightly noticeable, and it's like yeah. it's it's not the worst thing ever, though. And Darcy got to hear a moment, and that's what's important. It so. just would have been nice to see a little closing scene with her or something. See where she it just just, but uh, you know, again, it's just small complaint. Yeah. Um, Wanda, uh, back to the fight. Wanda does this cool. I think we've seen Doctor Strange do this, where he just kind of like floats sideways in the air and then disappears and then reappears somewhere else. Yeah. And when she reappears, she's doing her classic Age of Ultron trick, where she does the like the the, the fast speed up like the fast up to run. The- yeah, <laughs> like the strobe yeah. light. It's like a strobe light thing. Yeah. You're in like a nightclub, and you just see like it's coming towards you too fast wanda does the mind thing that she did yep. to tony stark she takes sends agatha i guess back to salem 1693 and she says the difference between you and me is you did this on purpose yes which is so, pretty much all along what i've is my whole redeeming factor of wanda she doesn't really know what she's doing it's her powers she's not in control of them and mm-hmm. again agatha knows exactly what she's doing so i do I, I, I like that comment and I agree with it. Go on. <laughs> yeah. And she's sort of, and she, yeah, she's sort of like, she's sort of telling Agatha, she's showing Agatha this to try to make her feel bad, but Agatha mm-hmm. turns it around on her and is just yeah. like, she it's awesome. they do another, it's very similar, but another creepy thing where it's like, she's surrounded by these things that she is controlling. And then mm-hmm. Agatha flips the script and gets them all to like do this. And these, these are visually zombies in this one. So yeah, they all like slowly turn towards her and start walking towards her and then put her up on the, tie her to the stake in the middle. Like they're going to burn her. All the while she calling just, her the Scarlet Witch too. Yeah, I missed that. They were like sort of whispering to her, right? Yeah. And then she, Agatha was like, see, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like even they know. <laughs> I just, I thought it was interesting that Agatha did that where she like broke out of the illusion. It's kind of like, some. I think we saw somebody else do that in Age of Ultron. Or no, no, no. We saw Hawkeye just uh, avoid it. He avoided it by just like sticking an arrow on her head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but awesome. Agatha is powerful enough to flip the, the illusion around. They again do this whole like debate about power versus knowledge, which really pays off at the end because mm-hmm. Wanda is floating around. I loved the visuals of this whole fight when they're in the oh, sky above so the town. Cool. And the red barrier is around them everywhere. And there's just that clouds. Too. How the camera, pan, the camera pans up, goes by Agatha. She's like, you'll see. And then it like goes up into them like fighting that, like mm. such a cool sequence and camera shot. Well, was, I loved the, I loved this, the, uh, I mean, you can see the special effects of it, but when, when Wanda comes out of the illusion and she just runs yeah. Agatha tackles her off the roof and then they both just like fall for a bit, but then fly yeah. up even higher. Yep. That was such a cool display really cool. of both of their powers. So, oh God. So <laughs> this is so good because, because it just kind of looks like 
a boss battle. Like you're, you're using all your powers. You're doing everything you can. You're throwing everything you can at the, at the end boss, everything you're throwing at them. They're absorbing. Every time you do hit them, they're absorbing it and it's just making them more powerful. So you have to figure out a way to beat this thing. And Wanda, I didn't notice this the first time. Wanda throws a blast at, at Agatha and she absorbs it. And then Mm -hmm. she throws another one wildly past her. And Agatha oh, yeah. watches it go by, looks, looks back, and looks kind of like, why did you do that? Yeah, like, exactly. She, almost like she knows you could have hit me, you just missed on purpose, yeah. but doesn't really give herself time to figure out why. And I almost kind of like thought she was looking like, look at her. She doesn't even have control of her powers yet. Like, she can't even okay. hit you. Okay. You know, but, you know, same, but, but yeah. Either way, that's what Wanda's doing is like using yeah. it to her advantage. She wants exactly. her to underestimate her and not realize that what she's doing is blasting runes onto yeah. the walls and I of thought that. the barrier. At, at first, I thought that. I thought she was yep. just, oh, she's missing. You know, she's tired, you know, draining. But then I realized, okay, cool. It was on purpose. What I thought it was, was like, okay, like it takes a lot of concentration for for Agatha to receive a blast of powerful energy and absorb it and turn it in, like churn all of that into, uh, into something safe that she can absorb. Right. So she can get blasted with one and like contain it. And that takes time and focus while she's doing that. I feel like that's every, that's what that was Wanda's like one, two punch is like, she would throw one and then throw another one while Agatha's doing that shit. And Agatha would either dodge it, or Wanda would miss on purpose. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's how she was keeping up the, keeping Agatha from realizing what she was doing, was she was keeping her busy by like giving her a little bit, giving her, giving her a ball to play with, and then throwing a ball at the wall, giving her a ball yeah. to play with, throwing a ball at the wall. Um, that's smart. Yeah. And she eventually gives her enough for power that Agatha's feeling herself and feeling, feeling real confident and tries to blast her. <laughs> And it doesn't work. Mm-mm. No, I feel this is when, yeah, she puts the runes up. And, yep. uh, and obviously that's what she was doing. And no witch can use their spells uh, within the runes of another witch. So she's dead. She's done. And then we see the true Scarlet Witch come mm-hmm. out, which I feel this is the thing is Agatha can't steal. It's, she can't steal her power. It's just right. that's why even after all of it's taken, she still just lights up and f- takes all of it back, including her power. She's the Scarlet Witch and she's filled with this chaos power that I don't think ever can truly be taken from her. And that was kind of the point. Hmm. She can't will it. She can't, I don't think, give her powers to Agatha. She she has these powers and there's no, nothing she can do about it. True. I wonder if um, I wonder if Agatha absorbed enough of the power, though, that if she is freed from her mind prison later on, because we're going to talk about what Wanda does to her in a second. But like if she ever gets freed from that, I wonder if she has any residual uh, power that she absorbed that she can now like has new abilities or stronger abilities than what she had before, which we might see in the future, because this fight concludes with them. Agatha, this might've been during the fight, but she says like, this world will will always be broken. Just like you. Oh, that's what she says to her right before she tries to blast her to death. Right. She's on the ground. Yeah. Just like you. Wanda brings her down to the ground and she tells her, Agatha is like, what are you just going to lock me up in some prison somewhere? 
And she's like, not somewhere here. Do you miss an important thing where she says that you have no idea what you unleashed? Yes. She says that twice. Yes, exactly. So I feel like her taking on these powers is definitely going to be a big part of the multiverse. Like mentioned before, like I just thought that was a cool line to allude to something much bigger that she's definitely unlocked or released or made now that her, the power, the chaos magic is loose. Maybe this, this being has a, has a pathway to our dimension now, something like that. And I'm just going to take this opportunity to peddle my dark, Dark Phoenix theory one last time because Do it. that is that is that is the, you're describing the trajectory of the Dark Phoenix again, the Dark <laughs> Phoenix saga. So, like this yeah. could be either either that is the connected explanation of like what the Mind Stone and Wanda's powers and the Scarlet Witch itself is like another name for this cosmic entity that is mm-hmm. the Dark Phoenix or the Phoenix Force. Oh, you think maybe they're almost combining the two stories? Is maybe, that what you're... yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. We'll yeah. see. I, I've, yeah. talked, I've talked way too much about that theory. And uh, let's <laughs> talk about WandaVision, though. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> um, Wanda tells Agatha, I'll give you the role you chose, the, no- the nosy neighbor. And she yes. says something like, I'm sorry. And Agatha's like, no, you're not. You're cruel. And I kind <laughs> of agree. I'm kind of yeah. like... Yeah, this is like now that you know the the stakes of what you're doing to somebody when you trap them in the mind prison and you're doing it to somebody on purpose, even somebody evil that tried to kill you and absorb your powers, it's still like that's yeah. the only option. Is it's a there? Dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's and I want to talk about Ryan. I want to ask you, like, does she she says you live here now? No one will bother you. Mm-hmm. And Agnes um has this big like almost like painful looking smile and i can't tell to what degree it's agnes being agnes or it's agatha playing the role reluctantly but she has to because she's compelled to i can't tell exactly what level of awareness agatha has inside of or what level of awareness agatha has inside of agnes at this point but my big question is when she says you live here now, does she literally mean like here on this green in the middle of town by this gazebo? <laughs> no, I don't think okay. she means here that specifically. I think she means you are literally, you're going to be living in this town as a, as a person under my magic and you're just going to go about your life as a nosy neighbor and no one's going to know any different and neither are you. But well, I do feel that because Agatha is a very powerful witch, her conscience is going to be a little more available through the magic, I guess, maybe is the way to say it. Like she can come, I mean, I think there's going to be more to it than her just being under the spell. She maybe can uh, doing what Wanda asked, but she's actually is underneath conscious of what's going on, but she can't help it. She's, she has more consciousness than these other people though. Okay. So let me ask you this way. Let's say that you are, John Collins or Isabel Matsueda or Harold Copter or Abolash Tandon or Todd or Sharon Davis. Mm-hmm. And as Abolash Tandon for the past nine or 10 days, you have been Norm, the crazy, funny, gag, <laughs> joke delivering coworker. Yeah. And you've been aware that you're playing this character in your real life with like these super powered magical beings that could end you at any moment if they chose and they're puppeting you around for nine days straight. And you're saying all of this 
crazy TV dialogue and sitcom dialogue every time you talk and interact with people. And when you don't, you're just kind of staring at a wall or yeah. you know, in a freeze frame loop. So you've experienced that. 3,000 people in the town that you live in have, exper- have gone through that similar experience. You are walking around after this is all over. You're walking around, you're rebuilding the town. You're trying to get back to your normal life. And there's this one person in the town named Agnes who continues walking around talking like a sitcom character, saying okie dokie artichokey and things like that with a <laughs> wink and a smile to a camera that doesn't exist. Like she's the only sitcom character yeah. walking around now in this real world where they've recovered from this experience, this specific right. experience. Isn't somebody, isn't Norm or not Norm anymore, but isn't Abolash or Harold or like Sharon Davis at one, one day going to be interacting with Agnes and be like, what's wrong with you? Are you, wait a minute. Are you still, are you still yeah. caught in this like TV loop? Like, don't you think they would be the people that would know something is wrong with Agnes? Yes, I do think so. And maybe that'll come into play uh, down the road when she gets reintroduced again. But I also c- believe that when they were, in this dream state or this being puppeted, they were in like a dream or a sub to them. It felt almost like a dream or a subconscious. So it wasn't necessarily real. Like you think it's real life, you know, almost when you wake up from a dream, when you're in the dream, you think it's real, but then you realize it's a dream when you wake up. So maybe, well, I guess that doesn't really explain it. Then they'd still know who she was. But Ryan, okay, let's say like you and your friends are being terrorized by Freddy Krueger, right? You, you defeat credit Freddy Krueger. And then like, like a week later, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that analogy, but like, I say, say, like you still remember the events in your dream, even though you're going to remember that experience. Like these people, they remember their experience. They know that they went through this. They like, they know that it was storylines that they were fulfilling you're right, because once they woke up, they clearly, they clearly knew. So it's just like, I, I just am imagining like Agnes coming, Agnes going to the M&B hardware store, right, in the middle of town, or Agnes mm-hmm. going to get coffee. And like, there's, I mean, there's some, okay, I live in New York City. So there is some degree, and I work in retail, so there is some degree of like, people will come in and they're just a character, They're just, this person is just, they talk a certain way. They interact with, when they interact with people, they only interact with people a certain way. And it's like, you can tell something about this person. They're just, they're on. Do you know what I mean by that? They're just on. They're switched. A switch is on the entire Mm -hmm. time they're in public interacting with people. Right. you don't think that's probably who they are at home (laughs) when they're by themselves. But you're also like, you're not going to be rude and try to be like, try to break the reality or try to break through it you're just going to interact with them the way they on their terms because they're still being friendly they're still they might be like doing a bit constantly they might be talking in a heightened way constantly but it's still like they're still being friendly and and exactly have a conversation with them um exactly so no judgment but like but it's just it's in a small town though (laughs) like this if somebody was acting (laughs) like that and we had all gone through this thing where we were all trapped in a loop like she seems to be, I think at some point, one of them, somebody would be like, we have to help Agnes. <laughs> Agnes is, Agnes has this unique problem that we know what it is because we went through it. We need yeah. to help her. 
and we know who's responsible for it, so we need to go find Wanda. I don't think this is really going to be a storyline. I'm just saying I think this is a thread that they dropped, and it's it's like they wrapped it up like in a neat bow. But there are questions. So many questions. And yeah. I do think you're right that Agatha, it, the, the simple explanation is Agatha's going to come back at some point, and they left that open. But it's just, I, also, I didn't you know, get the logic of like, how does Wanda think this is closure for, for this, or this is a permanent I feel, solution. <laughs> I feel also maybe Wanda or maybe Agnes isn't going to act, isn't going to act. Uh, she's not going to be so obvious when she's okay. really interacting in the town. Maybe that, that was just clips to show us that Wanda's sending her back into this character. But now that she's actually living in the modern world in Westview, she probably will act more like a normal person. I, she I just can't kinda, though. She can't act like a normal, that's the thing, she can't act like a normal person. She has to act like Agnes, the nosy neighbor. Well, I I know, I think she's going to act like Agnes, the nosy neighbor in a more modern setting instead of walking around hokey-dokey artichokey. I just, that seems kind of cheesy. I don't think maybe she'll be (laughs) acting that way. Okay. Huh. Maybe she won't be so obviously Agnes. I don't know. You know, maybe... <laughs> obviously Agnes is a, is a draws here. Okay. <laughs> obviously Agnes is a good, is a good title for the spinoff of <laughs> yes. Like, or that, or like, we got it. We have to talk about Agnes. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. I'm sorry. So that was my whole tangent about the ending of <laughs> Wanda and Agnes's fight. Um, well, it makes complete sense. There are, there's a few little weird things, but you know, yeah. but yeah, again, like it didn't, it didn't, it, it it made me it made me ask a lot of questions, but it didn't take me out of it in a way where yep. I wasn't enjoying it anymore. I was still very much like, oh, this is this is still yeah. th- of course this is how she would punish her for this. I, I also do realize that the MCU does tend to go back and fill in a story later sometimes. Mm-hmm. So even if things aren't tightened up right now, they 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 buttoned up the story of this story of Wanda and what happened here and and left other things for the long-term MCU open, which I think was kind of cool. And and like I said, these little like things, they might come back later and fill us in on on Ron fucking Mr. Boner. You know, they might <laughs> come in and fill us in on on what how Agnes acted in this town to not seem weird. You know, like I just bank on that. I bank on that, that, you know, I think it'll, it'll come to fruition later. I've sort of covered this, but they yada, yada, yada through like the townspeople and they're afraid of me still. So I got to go. Wanda and Vision decide like we need to protect the kids uh, or just, we need to put the kids to bed and yeah. let them die in peace, basically, or disappear in peace. And um, they made the right choice. In my and we talk, without kids. I think so too. And we talked we talked a lot about that, but then like the clo- the real the end of Wanda and Vision together is is sad. Real sad. He they're turning they're like turning off the lights in the living room and Vision turns one back on and he says, I think I read somewhere that it's bad luck to say goodbye in the dark. And Wanda says, No, you didn't. Because <laughs> what where was he gonna read something? <laughs> yeah. Um and <laughs> And he says, well, perhaps not. Perhaps I just wanted to see you more clearly. And there you are. And he says that uh, he's been, I think I wrote this down. Yeah, he's been a voice with no body when he was Jarvis. Mm -hmm. He's been a body, but not human when he was Vision. 
Mm-hmm. And now he's a memory made real when he is Wanda yeah. vision. Um, who, who knows what I may be next? What do you think he will be next? Gray vision. Gray vision? You don't think <laughs> yes. he'll get his color back? <laughs> I'm you know, you think he'll get a paint job? Yeah, I think he's going to swing in and get a paint job first. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think somehow he'll, he'll definitely be back as gray vision. And that's how they're going to meet again. And one more, one more thing to talk about, like the composition of this vision is she tells him, um, he asks like, what am I? You know, after all this, after all of this experience and everything, I just want to know what am I? And she says, you're the piece of the mind stone that lives in me, a Mm -hmm. body of wires and blood and bone that I created. You're my sadness and my hope and mostly my love. Yes. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And, but it, it's, it's, it also confirms that this is literally like a puppet made of dead things, literally made of blood, bone yeah. frag bones or bone fragments from like a graveyard in Westview. <laughs> Just like and, mixed it all together. And wires. Yeah. And yeah. And they're, so I want, I just, it's a real they're never going to show it, but I want to see like yeah, but I they're never the MCU will never show it, but I want to see like an artist rendition of what literally does this vision look like? Yeah. Like, assembled from a skeleton and like I'm imagining like cable, like red and yellow yeah. cables attaching things together. Like and what's it's like, I bet it looks cool. <laughs> huh? Yeah, like what's actually inside him. If mm-hmm. you like actually cut open that vision, yeah. That would be well, even cool. you, you, I don't even think you would need to cut it open because it, it's, it's, he's an illusion, right? He's yeah. just, he's just a mask over this skeletal frame yeah. of blood, bone, and wires that she created. I want to see just, I just want to see that. I want to see that yeah. construct and what that is she it? built yeah. the vision image over. Um, because I bet it looks freaky as hell, but it probably looks cool. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> zombie vision they'll never know what you sacrifice and i wouldn't change how they see me i don't understand oh um yeah monica and wanda have their their exchange uh they'll never know what you sacrificed for them we talked about that it wouldn't change how they see me and she says i i don't understand this power but i will she is no longer she's tried so this made me realize that ever since wanda was introduced she has just always tried to live a normal life that's always been her goal Mm -hmm. there are there are characters like Peter Parker that get bit by a spider and they get powers and they're like, I got to use these powers all the time now because I have to, now that I have them, I have to use them for good and I have to constantly use them and focus them and hone them and sharpen them. Wanda was like, she got powers, which she intended to use to kill Tony Stark. Then she realized her powers are really dangerous And she, since that point forward, has been trying to be like, I don't know if I really want to be like a superpowered thing or an Avenger as my full-time deal. I kind of just want to, you know, have a a husband, raise some kids and be normal. And she has never been able to. She's constantly been trying to, but it's always been thwarted by events in her life. And now she has gone through an arc where she had that, she had a version of that and has had to learn to let it go because she can no longer ignore this destiny that she's been avoiding for her entire life. She has to lean into that destiny. She has to learn more about that destiny. And, and 
the post post credit scene shows us that that is the direction that the character's heading in. Yes. The, the Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness movie is definitely going to um, explore her understanding her power, honing her power, sharpening the saw, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But the episode itself ends with one last look back at the town. She's flying away. Uh, and then there's the post credit scene, which we could talk about. And then finally, the like the post post credit scene where we're seeing the dark hold and this the astral yeah. projection. And like I said, the same image of Wanda looking at the camera, eyes wide open, intently focused on something. Um, so a cool little open and shut for the episode. Yeah. So I have just the, let's, the post credit scene, which Ryan, we talked about uh, one of our theories <laughs> uh, yes. as the weeks were going on about Skrulls being involved in, in this town yes. of Westview in some way. And that kind of paid off, right? And it kind of did. Yeah. So what was this deal when she was going to meet the person for the, uh, the old moon truck there the, that they were going to ram through? Yep. It turns out that that was the lady that's a scroll, right? Yeah. Yeah. So is this now the scroll that she is? Is this just a, a random scroll? Or because I'm still trying to piece together, was this the one that she wasn't there a young scroll in Captain Marvel that she was like friends with at the end there? So like it was that was it supposed to be? I, it seemed like it wasn't because she didn't seem to know her. She said, like, I know your right. mother. So I don't I I I don't think it was, but you know, yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering, there. is it one of the the scrolls that were like? Because there was the scroll that was Ben Mendelsohn that was right. pretending to be uh, Nick Fury the whole movie, right? Mm-hmm. And then, then the his other wife. and what there was like his wife or something his, too. His wife. So I didn't recognize, but was this was that who this character was? Was that Ben Mendelsohn's wife? Well, that's what I was trying to get. Was it her? Or then there was also the young child one that was her kid. It was, right. it was Ben Mendelssohn's kid. Right. That's, so what I'm saying is like, you, what, I think if, if, if Monica had recognized her, that would be, that would make sense that it's Ben Mendelssohn's kid because they yeah. played together. They would have interacted. It's but kid. like, if it was Ben Mendelssohn's wife, then that would make sense that like, yeah. they're, they are the same age as mm-hmm. Monica, as, as Maria Rambo. So yeah. they, that would track with the timeline. Like I was so, friends with your mom. I knew your mom. Like, yeah, I don't know. It could Again, be the same one. I'm it could also just yeah. be another another scroll that works on the sword base. Yeah. Up in I think space. it's just a random scroll just to show you, yeah, where she's going. I think that was yeah. kind of more of the gist of the, the scene. But and that the the scroll storyline hasn't just been dropped, and like we're still, you know, we're still moving yes. forward with that. <laughs> exactly. So we have that whole. There's a whole show coming out about them with Nick Fury, right? Like Secret Invasion. I did so, not know that. Yeah, that was a secret to me because I don't watch yeah. trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that'll be cool. Wait, is that going to be a Disney Plus show? Yeah. Oh, yep. amazing. Check it. Secret Invasions. Yeah. Incredible. Is that coming out this year? I think this one is next year. It's I'm just going to, you know what? Because I guarantee there's a listener that's like screaming at their speakers right now. Like, just look it up. Secret <laughs> Invasion. No. Well, I'm finding a lot of stuff about just like the event okay. in the comics. Hang on. I just uh, went Secret Invasion. Telling you, it's yep. real. Uh, IMDb <laughs> stars Samuel L. Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn, and yes, I don't see, I don't see a release date, but it's, no, all right, 
just going, I'm sorry, I have the uh, right, Secret Invasion, a newly announced series heading to Disney Plus that stars Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury and Ben Mendelsohn as the Skrull Talos. Talos? Talos Char- sounds right. Characters who first met in Captain Marvel. Yeah, the, the, com- the crossover comic event series showcases a faction of shape-shifting Skrulls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. Yeah, that's one of the many things coming up along with... Uh, Armor Wars, Ironheart, I Am Groot, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. That would be a cool one. Man, they're really, they're really leaning into the comic book production. Yeah, now where they it's are. Like, it's like we have all of these, these individual storylines. Um, I mean, yeah. that's what they've always done, but just at, on such a larger scale now that they have the, yeah. the, the medium of TV. I love they've it. Really, they planted. They really planted their their mm-hmm. their stake in the ground in the TV now, and they can exactly. really do a lot more. Um, yeah, and you can just tell these more slow burn, cool, intimate stories with TV, like we just did with WandaVision. I, you can focus on these more smaller, in depth stories about a character. And I think that's. Uh, I think that's great. And like, uh, and like just having the TV format is a whole different way to tell the story. Like in this case, you could never, I don't think you could have ever done this as effectively as a movie. It just wouldn't have worked the same way. Yeah. I actually, so we've been, we've been talking about this episode for a while now and uh, I think we should wrap up soon because I yeah. think, <laughs> I think because there was so much in, in the series and like you just said, it's, it's, it, it, we got to experience it week by week, like 30 minutes at a time. I think what we should do is uh, we should each go back and just rewatch the whole entire series. And mm-hmm. we should come back next week or maybe in two weeks if it takes us two weeks to do that. But um, yep. but we should do a recap of the whole series. I and, agree. And we'll talk about it like as a whole. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's okay. good. Perfect. Yeah. Cool, because this episode yeah. is already like almost two hours long, and that's too long. So yeah, I felt like we were going. To, it's just once we get going, it's hard to like stop. Yeah, and I and I even tried to do something to save to condense time. It didn't. Sorry work, to make your editing shitty, but no, it's fine. It, it, I, I, there was so much I wanted to talk about in the episode, but um, let's test that out. Let's see if watching it all as one thing, one long, because in total the runtime is going to be like three and a half, maybe four hours. Um, so it's kind of like watching one long movie, but let's see if experiencing in that way feels any different from watching it week to week. But I do agree. I think this was the best way to tell this story. I mean, obviously, especially because of the the convention of it, the fact that he uses television as a medium and your tropes and expectations as a TV watcher. But yeah, we'll, we'll more thoughts on that when we do the whole wrap up. The only other thing that I want to mention is that for the first time, I think I texted you about this, but I just want to say it on air. For the first time I noticed in the end credits, I was trying to analyze all of the images that they show, the rose, the gazebo, the glasses, all that stuff. Yeah. There, the end credits themselves, all of those images are composed of these red, green, and blue like pixels that yep. are flittering around the screen and, and forming into shapes and breaking into pieces. Do you know why it's, it's red, green, and blue pixels specifically? I don't know. I did think about that because there's a point where like the red, blue, and green actually, like there's a point in it where the color, if they're in like a shape of a shield or something, then they spin down in those three colors. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, go on. What is, what is it? televisions used to use this technology to display colors called RGB. The colors, red, green, and blue, are combined in different ways to to produce an array of colors. 
And that's how, I don't know what years or like what generation of technology, but that's how like televisions and computer monitors used to display images was with this RGB technology. So now we have literally thousands of different colors of pixels. Like you, you, you can have a television that has thousands of shades of the color black. So yeah. like we're, we're <laughs> yeah. our color technology has, has improved, but it's interesting that they, because of the era of technology that Wanda was watching and obsessed with and internalized and turned into her fantasy world, mm-hmm. she, and, and she was watching these all on a Sokovian war torn third, third world country television. It would have, <laughs> been an rgb display kind of like that's just a little little detail in the in the closing credits yeah. of every episode that it just blew my mind when i when i put the pieces together and realized after watching nine episodes of the show oh that's what they were doing this whole time with these credits that's pretty cool because i had yeah. no idea so, <laughs> so thanks for filling me in so ryan do you have any more notes on the episode before we wrap up no but we did we we're pretty good on this one man all right. Well, Ryan, we have said goodbye before, so it stands to reason that we'll say hello again. Very nice. All right, Ryan, until we say hello again. You got it, man. We'll see you. We'll say hello again. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> Line. <lying. laughs> uh, Wanda, do you want us to take that back? No, no, yeah, she, no I'm, I'm really up good. I, yeah. I had nothing really to say. <laughs> yeah, Wanda, Wanda's shaking her head. She's okay. We're, we're gonna cut it. We're gonna cut the episode there because Wanda's given us approval. <laughs> All right, Wanda, you need to start realizing what you're doing here. The camera zooms in on me. So we get out. some high proof alcohol. We get gasoline. Anything that says what funny. makes our lives worth living is our mortality. If there were not mortality, we wouldn't be. Luckily for me, most of the beauty pageants that I've um, participated in don't. I've work. done my fair share of blood. Man. I've always liked showing myself off naked. Got up out of the seat, walked to me, and then slapped me. Spontaneous conversation with people from around the world on Stranger Than Christian, available on your favorite podcast app and at strangerthanchristian.com. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.